Assalamualaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. Welcome back to season 4 of Convert Central. Here in Convert Central, we bridge the gap between Muslims from all backgrounds in Singapore, regardless of whether you are converts, born Muslim, or prospective Muslim. Our podcasts are uploaded on Mondays and Fridays, and our community events are held every month. Be sure to join us whenever you can and let us know how we can do better on our social media platforms like Instagram or TikTok. Recommend any of your convert friends to us so that they can share their stories via the forms you can find on our Instagram bio. So from all of us to you, we pray that this new season is enjoyable and beneficial. Welcome back to Convert Central. So subhanAllah, uh, it's been about two months ever since we uh, completed our Ramadan series. We're talking about my first Ramadan. And uh, subhanAllah, you know, how, how much have we missed recording our podcast? And, you know, two months seemed to pass like it was two years. And coming back to, you know, uh, now it's coming going to June. It feels like, you know, it's been a long time since I recorded a podcast and I also get jittery when I start. So it's, it's really great to be back. It's good to start producing podcasts again and really, you know, speak to the converts in our community. And today, I think we have a, a guest speaker with us who has been on Convert Central before, but she came on to Convert Central with another, uh, as another series. And, and that, that was my first Ramadan as well, right? So um, today, you know, we, we, we realized that actually her convert story was very, very interesting. And we wanted to feature her convert story back on Convert Central one more time. So um, today, uh, we'll be sharing about Sis Alia's convert story. Uh, and, uh, you know, inshallah, if you guys are interested to listen to how her first Ramadan went, also head back to our previous series to listen to that. Um, but before we begin, perhaps uh, I'll just get you, sis, to introduce a little bit, a little bit about yourself. Um, how old are you? Uh, you know, uh, when, how long have you been a Muslim? You know, what are you doing now? Things like that. Okay. Uh, Assalamualaikum, everyone. My name is Alia. I am... Um, 27 plus years old and I converted in uh, 2017 so currently I'm working as a physiotherapist yeah great great so 2017 that's like five years uh you're five-year-old Muslim now subhanallah how has the Islamic journey been for you like ever since you became a Muslim five years ago wow okay um <laughs> I think the first thing that came to my mind the moment you question was a lot of trials lah. <laughs> yeah, so ever since I converted, um, there had been a lot of um, ups and downs. Uh, mm-hmm. But Alhamdulillah, I think it's something that every everyone has to go through. And I guess um, I'm a lot more resilient through mm-hmm. journey. And yeah, I guess um, can conquer any trials that comes comes in my way. Alhamdulillah, Alhamdulillah. I think like some of us also like we when we we come into Islam when we come to a religion we somehow believe that you know that's going to solve a lot of our problems right but you know that, that's when another set of our problems start and also for the better uh, it's never for the worse right? Allah also says in the Quran uh, he, he asks like in a rhetorical question sense he's saying that do you do, do people think that after they accept, embrace Islam that they, they will solve all their problems and their problems will end there that's when we start testing them because uh, that's when you declare your faith for, you know, for me and that's when number one shaitan will come and uh, you know whisper to you a bit more and also that's when you know when we start testing you because Allah tests who he loves more Right, so so you know, I'm so excited to you know listen to uh, you know your stories and how you got past your challenges. But maybe let's go back all the way to the beginning, like all the way back to maybe pre 2017. Like how how do you first find out about Islam and what was your first impression of Islam? Okay, so um, my first interaction with Islam was through my poly friends. So that was back in 2011. Um, before that, 
my primary school and secondary school, I didn't have any Muslim friends. So the impression of um, Islam for me back then was kind of bad. Uh, yeah, because of um, um, just hearing the experience experiences that the other Hindus had faced in our community. Also, for example, they feel that, you know, when someone gets married to a Muslim, they are forced to convert and that kind of led to breakups in their families. Yeah, so this kind of impressions were, were around till 2011 when I met my two friends and yeah, they changed um, a lot of misconceptions that I had. And um, I guess my very first, um, I guess like direct interaction with Islam was in 2016. So that's when my journey started um, in, in exploring Islam. I see, I see. Uh, you mentioned that, you know, you had two friends that changed uh, your perception of Islam. So maybe, like, I could just get you to share, like, what, what was one uh, initial impression and what did they do to change that impression? Um, okay, so, <laughs> I think, okay, so, so initially I felt that, uh, uh, okay, Islam is like a very strict religion. Um, um, I guess, like, Muslims don't really interact with the other um, the people from the other races or other religions, uh, yeah, people from other religions. So when I came to Poly and when I met these two friends, I still remember the, the day when I actually bought uh, meatball, uh, fishball noodle. <laughs> and I had to sit with them. So I, I made sure I had to ask uh, permission whether I can sit in front of them to eat. And they were nice enough to let me do that. So that was the beginning. And also along the way, I kind of... Um, yeah, sorry, I, I realized how the religion actually shaped their character. Yeah, because I was someone who was very like fiery in nature, temperamental, but they were very calm and composed. And, and I realized that the faith was a huge reason for that. Mashallah. Yeah. Mashallah. Sometimes it doesn't even take like a big action, right? The smallest of things, uh, I think, especially when you're consistent, right? It can really show that uh, you know, Islam brings a lot of positivity in your lives. And especially now that, you know, we are converts, we actually start to see that, like, Islam really has a big change when it comes to your character. And uh, for many Muslims around the world, in fact, uh, Islam is the reason why they are more peaceful, more patient than others as well. So uh, kudos to your two friends. Thanks for, you know, <laughs> uh, showing you the beauty of Islam at an early age. And, and yeah, okay, so you mentioned 2016. So how was 2016 like? How did you start getting a serious outlook on Islam? How did that happen? Mm, okay, so 2016 was when I entered second year in my uni. And I was studying in overseas uh, then. So that was also the time when my aunt was... Uh, wasn't feeling well uh, and as uh, just being as a student in overseas I couldn't do much I couldn't really support my family so the only thing that I could think of was to pray for her and in Brisbane where I was the temple was located very far away so I decided to go to a church with a friend and that was when I started to explore Christianity and Catholicism and also question my faith the faith that I was born into um, so along the way, I realized uh, along the way, um, there was a booth set up by the uh, Muslim Students Association of my university. Yeah, so at that booth, they had volunteers who mm -hmm. were willing to answer questions by the students and also had books and pamphlets and the uh, translation in the Quran. So 
I took them, I brought home, but I didn't open them because I was still serious in um, exploring the other faiths. And then it came a day when I had to clear some doubts and I approached a uni friend to clear those doubts, but I was kind of taken aback by the response. I felt that it was quite conde- condescending. And then I, you know, then and there, I just decided, okay, I'm not going to explore the faith anymore. Um, I'm going to put the books away. So that was also when I started to um, read those books that I brought from the booth the other time. And yeah, that was about like March of April 2016. So for about six months, I was uh, exploring Islam and um, doing my own mini comparative study between Islam and the other faiths also. Yeah. So um, how did your comparative studies you know, lead you to Islam? Like, what was the conclusion you got out of it? You know, how was it like? Okay. <laughs> um, so the first book that I remember reading was the Brief Illustrated to Islam. So it was a guidebook of um, some of the scientific miracles that were mentioned in the Quran, for example, um, like the embryo development, the function of the brain etc and like some geographical information also so i'm i'm someone who's like very factual i i need evidence i i need to see things so when i actually started to read that book and i realized it okay this how 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 can this information be revealed in when was it the 600 600 ish Yes, 1,400 years ago. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, so I was kind of surprised to realize that this information was discovered then. And um, that's when I also decided to um, dwell in, more into um, Islam and grab some other information from other books and online also. Um, at the same time with Christianity was that um, I think there was a part about the, the prophecy that Prophet Muhammad would come, peace be upon him. So that part was also mentioned in the Bible, apparently, but um, it wasn't very obvious. Yeah, so that was the main point that I took out from the comparative study that I did. Hmm. Mashallah, mashallah. So I think even myself, I had that stint where we all science kids growing up, you know, like uh, like in the absence of a proper religion guiding us when we are growing up, we all defer to like the methods of science and we want to prove, we have to see, we have to confirm and everything. And and then like come, comes to religion when we're exploring it, then we have to, uh, you know, make sure that religion makes sense, right? And honestly, like for me as well, I was like, for me, the ultimate doubt was the Quran, you know, that if you couldn't, like if let's say, uh, they say that Quran was a, was a divinely inspired book, Right, and but to me, it was only six hundred pages, right? It's not that many pages, and anyone could have written a six hundred page book, right? So if I could, you know, at least just just the very least, prove to myself that the Quran was not, uh, what had some discrepancies or some untruths, right, or it was wrong about something, then I could give myself a very solid reason why I didn't want to be a Muslim, you know. So I I I've probably started learning about Islam. Uh, with that intention in mind to okay let's just find out what inconsistencies I can make so that I can come to a scientific conclusion that Islam didn't make sense uh, but after that you know like just like how you experience you know like you find out 
more and more and more about things that were impossible for people to know at a point of time. And then you realize, okay, right, this, this is this is this is not possible for it to be written by just one person or even a group of people, right? And like just in the second chapter of the Quran, I recall I was reading and and just the first 10 verses, if I'm if I'm not wrong, that Allah challenges mankind to produce a book like it, like this. And in the very next verse, Allah says that, uh, and you will not be able to. So he he in this in that verse he issued a challenge. In the very next verse, immediately he said that, and I know for all of for all time, no man will be able to reproduce this book like this. So like such a beautiful and to, at that time I read, I was like, damn, this is quite quite arrogant in a sense. Like, you know, if I was gonna say that immediately saying that you're not be able to do it, but now after learning more, I realize, yeah, that's that's true, that's true. So I guess that was how you as well you. Um, kind of realized that Islam actually had a lot of substance. Uh, it made a lot of sense. Uh, I, I, for for a lot of us, then after after the, you know, um, journey of seeking knowledge and finding logic in Islam, there there probably some incidences or like there's a process of trying to find faith as well. You know, something blooms in your heart. So like, what was that, uh, incident for you? Or did something happen over a course of of a few months that, you know, opened your heart towards Islam then? Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, um, towards the end of, um, I think about September, October, uh, my uni friends found out that I was exploring Islam. So, I I hid it from them for, for a period of time because um, it, it might cause some controversy. Most of them are Christians. Yeah, so when they found out, um, they started preaching to me and I was in a state of confusion. <clears throat> yeah, so I was a state in of confusion and I, mem- and I remember doing a sujud in my room asking like God to you know show me the straight path because I was really confused I didn't know which religion to believe <laughs> yeah and interestingly enough um, that second year of uni I was facing a lot of stress uh, uh, because of uni and moving to a new household and the way I coped with stress was to drink alcohol yeah and I knew it was a bad habit because it was it's like an impulsive thing for me to do. The moment I see the drink, I would want to drink it. So right after, okay, I'm going to say right after, but like the weeks following after, um, after the, the sujut that I made, I just stopped drinking. Yeah. <clears throat> there was a bottle of wine that I always kept in my room. So before that, I usually will, you know, when I look at it, I would have to drink. But weeks later, you know, I just didn't have any interest. I didn't want to do anything of that sort. Yeah. Yeah, and I also dressed more modestly and I I realized that there was a change in my character also. I became more calm and composed. Yeah, so that was a very big change and um, awakening for me. Yeah, that kind of um, made me affirm that, okay, yeah, I think Islam is the, the straight path. Yeah. SubhanAllah, and that was even before you became a Muslim, you already experienced such change. And uh, then you, I, I would assume you were already studying Islam for a while. You knew what Islam was and the and, and the essence of Islam, what Muslims should do, and everything. And just you know, over a period of time, once you start studying Islam, you know these are the changes that you've observed. Subhanallah, Subhanallah. I think I recall a story that's similar by one of one of our scholars. Maybe, maybe Imam Tamizin narrated this before that. Um, one of the kings that were non-Muslim. Uh, he always had a very bad headache 
you know, and, and nowadays, like, not, not unlike us, you know, we also have very bad headaches for no good reason and we don't know why. We take Panadol, it doesn't work. So for, for him, you know, he tried all types of medication and it, it, it didn't work, right? So uh, then the Muslims, I think Saidina Umar was the Khalifa, he was the leader of the Muslims. Um, he was writing then uh, letters to all different regions to ask for help. Like, if anyone has this remedy, please help me because, you know, this headache is really uh, unbearable. So... Saidina Umar, he he wrote back a letter and he gave him a cap, like a like a like a songkok kind of thing, like a cap. And he so he said, when you wear this, this will cure your headache. So true enough, he put it on, he wore it, he didn't have a headache. And when he took it off, then he his headache came back. So he was wondering why was that so. So he was taking apart the the cap and realized that like in the cap, Saidina Umar, what he wrote, he wrote Bismillah, he folded it up and put it in the cap, and that was the reason why. You know, when he put on the cap, even if you are a non-Muslim, you know, just, just with the blessings of invoking Allah in your speech, uh, or, or even just, because there's even a, a hadith that says that anything that doesn't start with Bismillahirrahmanirrahim is lacking of benefit. So, so that means everything that has Bismillah inside will have benefit. So even to a non-Muslim, it benefited him. And he, he was so amazed by this fact that eventually he became Muslim. You know, so subhanAllah, like such an amazing story, right? And 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 yeah, I think that's the same point, you know, like the, the fact that, you know, just like how you can't jump into the swimming pool without getting wet. One can <laughs> will learn about Islam and eventually be influenced a little bit by Islam and we'll start seeing the goodness in Islam. And mashallah, I'm happy to know that this was how you, you know, got attracted towards Islam and everything. Uh so I guess that, that was your um you know moment of opening to Islam. And uh how how did you then decide that this is my time to convert? Like, was there like a particular incident that, that pushed you towards conversion? Um, not a particular incident. I, I, think, I guess after that, I, I think that was about like September, October. Then I already planned ahead um, that, okay, once I come back to Singapore, I'll book a date and I'll, come, I have to con- and I'll convert and I will only step into my uni as a third year student, as a Muslim. <laughs> so I already had that goal. Yeah, so Alhamdulillah, everything went fine. Yeah, I managed to um, reach Australia as a Muslim. Yeah. <laughs> Alhamdulillah, Alhamdulillah. All right, that, that, that's great. Alhamdulillah, and that was in 2017. Um, you mentioned earlier that, you know, you've had, you know, instances where your friends got to know about it and you said that your friends, were, a lot of them were, uh, you know, uh, ascribing to the Christian faith. So, um, I guess that's probably also the start of your challenges, right? Um, so, pre or post conversion when you started to tell your friends and family how did they how did they react and like how how was it like trying to break the news um so with my uni friends only one of a few of them knew but they kept it within themselves they didn't know that i had intentions to convert they only knew that i was exploring islam so once i returned to singapore i made it a point to inform my mom my my parents about this um it's it's not that I'm asking for permission because I know that they won't give me, but I thought that it was uh, respectful to actually inform them that I'll be converting. So that was about December 2016, and it it didn't went it didn't go well. Uh, uh, my mom was very upset. She cried. She blamed my friends for it. She thought that my friends um, brainwashed me into believing in Islam. Yeah, so. Then uh, my local friends um, 
who who were in Singapore, I I told them that I had intentions to convert also, and I told them straight up that you know if you if you don't feel comfortable, you can walk away from this friendship. But Alhamdulillah, none of them actually thought that way. So that was um that was very helpful for me. Yeah. How did you feel like when your family didn't support? Like, was it very difficult, challenging for you? And how did you deal with that? I mean, I I expected my mom to not um, agree to this, but I was also um, I wasn't too stressed about it because I knew that I was going to be away from from my family for about a year at least. So that would give me a lot of time to affirm myself as a Muslim, to practice my faith freely. Yeah, so that was that was what I was looking forward to actually. So it wasn't that stressful for me until I came home and until they found out that I converted. <laughs> yeah. That was and well, that was in 2018? Yes, correct. Yeah, about a year later. I see. And and when they did find out that you actually converted, like and then and you had no more years left in uni for you to go back to Australia <laughs> anymore. I mean I had one more, uh, I had two more years, but right. oh man, like I, after, after my mom found out, um, that was when I was having a lot of issues with my, my studies as well. Mm-hmm. So I was failing in, in a lot of modules and my mom would message those like Islamophobic memes to me, you know, adding on to my stress. Yeah. So 2018 to 2019, two years, like, it was kind of difficult to cope. Yeah. Yes. Was, was there anyone that was with you throughout this process? Anyone that tried to help you? Or do you like have to go through all of that alone? Um, you know, not really. Alhamdulillah, um, some of my juniors who studied, with, uh, studied the same course as me were Muslim. So I, you know, make it a point to meet them once every week. Uh, once, once, once a week. Yeah, once a week. We would also attend lectures at our uni, um, Islamic lectures. So that was very important for me lah. Um, they give me a lot of support. Yeah. Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. Okay, that's that's good to hear. That's good to hear. Uh, mm-hmm. uh you know, I, I'm I'm always very uh, heartened to know that you know, um, there are people around uh, that perhaps might not expect people around them to be Muslims right, and to convert to Islam. But when when they it actually happens, they they step up and they help the people around them. Especially number one, you're overseas. And you're of a minority, even in Singapore, and when you go overseas, that's, that's worse, right? And you're a new convert who will, will definitely need support in, in, you know, seeking knowledge and learning how to pray and all these things. And you are, you know, you can't go home, you can't call home, it's difficult, you know, and no one at home probably understands you. No one of, no, no, none of your friends probably understand you as well. And that's when I guess we, we probably need the, 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 the support the most. And I'm happy to know that you got your support. Uh, you know, in the time that you needed the most, I think Allah really sends um people what they need, and and sometimes you don't even know we need we need. Like looking back, we we you know at a point of time when we were with your friends, we probably didn't know that they were the people that they were the thing that we needed the most. The companionship, the, the you know to seek knowledge, to get through things together. But now looking back, we realize that Allah has given us just enough to to you know to get past our challenges and and sometimes even much more than that. So. Five years on right now, uh, in 2022, right? Um, 
you mentioned that you've you've had a lot of challenges, right? And I'm definitely one of them is your family. Um, you know, other than that, you know, what was the most difficult challenge of you know these past five years being a Muslim, being a convert Muslim? What was the most difficult challenge? I think um um uh, just relating back to my family again because um I did tell my mom that the reason why when she asked me why I'm converting, uh, one of the reasons that I gave her was that I want to become a better person. Yeah, so that was a challenge for me because I have to constantly prove myself to them whenever any misunderstandings arise. I have to, I have to find other ways to solve these misunderstandings instead of getting into arguments. So of course, I sleep once in a while. Um, I'm I'm a human. I'm not perfect. So um, that's when my mom or my my whoever it is would actually put that statement in front that uh, oh no you're fasting or or you're Muslim you know how can you say this or you know how can you behave this way <laughs> yeah I thought you say you want to become a better person so so that has been a a challenge lah <laughs> all right yeah that that perennial line that cripples every convert's confidence <laughs> yeah. right uh, I've had my fair share of those as well uh, and yeah I, I, so right now the status of your family I guess you guys are still coming to terms with it both yourself and your family uh, both side trying to get used to it like five years five years in still at, at that phase of you know getting comfortable and accommodating each other's practices um, you know I, I, I'm I'm grateful to hear uh, your story and I just also wanted to share that like um, you know, at times I think uh, when we are put through challenges right um, sometimes we think that like it, it's, it's very overwhelming and we think that we will never get past this right um, but you know one year later we might not have the same challenge anymore so sometimes I guess for us converts also we have to remember that like challenges are really temporary like one year in or maybe two years in you might you you, you probably barely remember the challenges that you're going through now. So I think the important thing is always to like focus on finding the help you need and getting what you need to you know, get past your challenges. And I think, um, especially for us uh, Muslims, right? Like what better help that is there than Allah, right? We put our hands up, we, we ask for dua. We, we don't have to know exactly what the means are, but we, have, we just have to have faith that Allah will give us the means. We just keep trying our best, right? And... I guess like that that probably formed a big part of you getting past this past five years. You know, every time we we slip up, we make a mistake for our family, you know, we realize that sharks we maybe taken a one step forward but three steps back. And then we go back to Allah, we say, Ya Allah, you know, we are we are we are imperfect creatures. You've created us to be better, but but here we are, you know, sinning and going, you know, instead of bringing our family closer to us, sometimes our actions bring them away from us. We ask him for his forgiveness. And definitely he is the most forgiving. He'll forgive us. So I think, you know, you, you really brought up, your story really brings up a big point of like, uh, number one is that like, there will always be challenges, you know, coming to Islam, uh, be it for family or for, from your spouses or from your friends. Like everyone will have their own set of challenges. For you, I think your challenges likely revolve around family and it's still ongoing revolving around families. And the best part about these challenges, is, I mean, or more rather like the most interesting part is that they will always test you in ways that you need to be tested the most. You know, some people's challenges are very short, but very intense, right? But some people's challenges are some bearable, but very long. But they, they test you just where, where you need to be tested. And, and that is only because Allah knows. 
Allah has created us and he knows where he is. So sometimes when he hits you the most, you just realize this is Allah. <laughs> he knows, he knows, he knows the buttons, you know, and, and he, he he pushes them so that you know you're challenged and you have to be challenged so that you can get past it and get better. Right? So like, you know, we always say to each other, like, if it's difficult, then know that you're going the right way. You know, because if it was easy, then you know, it, then it's not supposed to be it, it's not supposed to be easy, you know. So if it, it feels like easy, maybe we are not pushing ourselves enough. So, you know, to all comments out there who might feel like they are challenged and this is something that they might not get through, always remember that number one, that Allah has the power to change everything. Nothing too big, nothing too small. Right. And if they could change our hearts into Islam, then you, you know, all all the hearts in this in this world belong belong to him only. And he has the power to change anything. And also number two is that, you know, if it feels difficult, then you're going the right way. You know, so that's that. And also to all the born Muslims and the, you know, all of us practicing Muslims already out there who is listening to this. So like in in since Alia's story is is something that is very interesting in the, in the sense where there are people who pushed her away from faith and there are people who put her towards Islam. You know, her friends who put her towards Islam, her friends who were there for her, you know, that goes to show that, you know, everyone plays a part. We might not be directly involved in what one person's conversion, but you know, I we, we can we can assure you that you know our actions, our behaviors play a part in whether people come to Islam or not. Because people see us on a daily basis and they know that we're Muslims. So you know, we have to ask ourselves every day that are we gonna be the people who push people away from religion? Are we gonna be people who pull other people towards goodness, which is Islam? Right? So we get to choose. Every single day we get to choose. And like as you mentioned, sis, like um we will never uh, we, are, we, are, we will always sleep out you know, this is just in the nature of human beings but don't ever forget that you know, uh, next day is, a, is, is another chance for us to do better so always ask ourselves that question for us Muslims not even just born Muslims but all of us Muslims including converts it's our actions our speech that can influence you know, the prospective Muslim you know, towards conversion or away from conversion so thanks for sharing your story and um, you know, I think uh, right now, so you know, we, we always have this practice where we call our uh, listeners to make a short du'a for our guest speaker with regards to the challenges. So for all who's listening, please make du'a that you know Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala eases the affairs of uh, sister here and also open the hearts of her family members so that you know she can practice Islam openly and you know, you know, um subsequently also with her character and her beautiful conduct, you know, bring her family to Islam as well. I mean, so before we end the podcast, uh, I'd just like to get you to give one advice, you know, um, from your experiences, can be any advice to maybe a new convert who is interested in uh, learning Islam or maybe to a non-Muslim who is just interested in Islam. Okay, I think, uh, okay, for, so for the new convert who is still exploring Islam, um, like I've just mentioned, we will face a lot of trials and I think one of the most important things is to not give up at all. Yeah, um, Personally, I've experienced, I've, I, I know someone who, um, who converted a few weeks before me and I actually felt that, I, I thought that, she, you know, she would get by with the support because she was um, attached at that time. Unfortunately, uh, one or two years later, she left the fall of Islam. And one of the reasons was because she felt that the community wasn't supporting her and she, she, um, she just thought that um, you know, the way that people behave was actually how Islam was portrayed, uh, was portrayed to be. So one of the reasons, uh, one of the advices that I'll give to a new convert is, yeah, so to, to never give up. If you have any trials, to never give up. Um, and also seek the support from, um, from friends whom you can trust also. Yeah. Alhamdulillah, alhamdulillah. 
All right, and also uh, don't forget that there's always a community for you. Uh, mm. Commerce Central, we have a community day every month. Uh, and you know, if you are coming alone, that's even better in a sense where you get to meet more and more friends who are not just uh, born Muslims, but you also get to meet other commerce like you. So, um, for, to anyone out there who feels like they're lonely or probably you know needs a refresher, pick me up, right? Do head down to our community days, listen to the podcast, and you know find out what what comes you know in the next few weeks as we start planning our events and everything. And and yeah, you know definitely. Um, I would say that the commerce community right now is probably much better than it was in the past. I think there are a lot more people who are more active. A lot of influencers are converts themselves nowadays and you can see them on Instagram and everything, which is amazing. Um, so don't isolate yourself and de- deprive yourself from these blessings and these benefits that you can you can get. And yeah, do join us for our next community day uh, for Commerce Central. I think we are playing bot games for our next community day. So anyone who, uh, you know, we're probably not going to play Monopoly because that's going to take hours. But anyone who is interested in you know, short and nice casual uh, board games while we have a nice chat and some board games that we're playing will be Islamic board games as well. You know, do head down to our next community day that you could find on our Instagram at Combat Central. So yeah, you know, thank you sis for coming up onto our podcast. Once again, it's, it's a pleasure to always you know, be speaking to you and to learn a little bit more about your story. Uh, do uh, stay tuned to the next episode, everybody, to listen to our discussion on you know the importance of having knowledge in in faith, in religion. And inshallah, uh, let's end this podcast right now by reciting Tasbih Kafar and Surah Al-Asr. Subhanakallahumma bihamdika ashadu ala ilaha ila anta astafiluka wa atubu ilaik. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Wa la asli inna al-insana lafi khus ila ladhina aman wa amilu salihati wa tawasab bil haqi wa tawasab bisabr. Assalamualaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh.